0: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So today I wanna take some time to talk about two very distinct approaches to buying physical silver and gold. Dollar cost averaging versus timing the market. Now, I'll say right off the bat that I think a, a, a majority of silver and gold stackers choose to dollar cost average. I choose to dollar cost average myself. What is dollar cost averaging? That's when you buy a set amount ounces, or in fiat terms, $100, $1,000, et cetera, over a given time period, once a week, once a pay period, once a month, etc regardless of price. Now, you might buy more during some periods, maybe a little bit less, maybe a certain price point is too expensive, so you're going to cut back how much you're buying or stop altogether. But for the most part, this is going to be steady as she goes. Every month, every week, et cetera, you're going to be adding to your stack, dollar cost averaging. And I think a lot of people choose that strategy. However, there are those that subscribe to a more of a, what I'll call, timing the market approach. I'm not talking about timing the market on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, hoping for silver and gold to drop, you know, one or 2% from where they are. I'm talking about people that are looking long-term or saying that, you know, based on my analysis, based on other people's analysis, et cetera, I think silver and gold are heading much, much lower. They'll have a price target, and mine $1,000 for gold, or lower maybe, you know, $12 an ounce, $10 an ounce for, for silver. And that's when they're going to wait to add to their position or build a position. Maybe they don't have any silver and gold yet. And I'll be talking about the pros and cons of these, you know, two approaches. Also at the bat, you know, my, my personal uh, preference is the dollar cost averaging. It's what I do. And my opinion is that it's the best strategy for the vast majority of stackers. There's a lot of benefits to it. With that being said, none of this should be taken as investment advice. I'm not a financial financial advisor. They just take this as one man's opinion, food for thought, if you will. Another caveat is that there are people in which, for which, uh, uh, the time in the market strategy is better. If you're a trader on the market. That's probably more appropriate, right? People have have whether they're they're moving in on positions on a day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year basis. Then yeah, maybe time in the markets is is better for them. Additionally, you know, I think for people that have a large amount already invested in silver and gold or some amount, and they have some extra uh, capital. Um, on the sidelines or not invested in silver and gold it doesn't have to necessarily be on the sidelines in the sense that cash would be it can be in the stock market or something but your your plan is sort of conditional that if it drops that level then i'm kind of going all in i'm going to try and double my position or i'm going to buy a large amount if it hits this price target if not then so be it right there's something to be said for that too but again i think dollar cost averaging is the best for the average person i'll tell you why so let's get into this pros and cons. And I want to start off with timing the market. What is, What are the upsides to timing the market? Now, you know the obvious one is you get a lower cost. That's right? I mean, kind of obvious. Now, obviously, everybody would be doing that if it was a for sure thing. It's not. It's There's some risk inherent with that. What if it doesn't drop that far? What if you're unable to establish a position or add to your position at that price? But that's the obvious one. You get a lower price than the rest of us. The the second one that's a little bit less obvious is what what economists would call opportunity cost. So the idea behind this, in fact, if you go to Google and you just kind of search the, the definition of this, they'll say it is. Uh, let's see here. I have to Google it again actually because I <laughs> opportunity cost is the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. So what this means is if you bought silver or gold back in, let's say, 2014, hasn't been the best investment for you. It's moved up, it's moved down, but as a whole, it hasn't done a lot. And in that time, that money, capital, whatever you want to call it, that you've invested or you've put into silver and gold could have been spent elsewhere. Some other investments such as the stock market could be yielding uh, some sort of yield through various bonds or or other uh, financial assets. You could be making money with that. In the meantime, silver and gold don't have a whole lot, if any, realized gains over that time period. And so that's opportunity cost. You've missed out on something because you've been in silver and gold during that time period. Is that a bad thing? Yes and no. I mean, we will be getting to that here in a second. I think there's actually some pros to that, and I'll be talking about that when I go over the pros to dollar cost averaging. But, you know, in the meantime, if you do have a price target, you could have that money elsewhere while you're waiting for silver and gold to fall, whether that's the stock market, whether it's some other um, financial asset that you're using to, to build some sort of an income or you are expecting to appreciate in price, opportunity cost. That's the other upside to timing the market. Now there are some downsides obviously. The obvious one is what if you what if it doesn't drop to that price? And you know, I think there are some people out there that are fans of silver and gold, they're on the fence. They see it as too expensive right now and they may not have a position in silver and gold. They may find themselves without a position in silver and gold as they move up in in some sort of a a bull market. And if they want to establish one, well guess what? They're going to be buying at a higher Average per ounce than many of us are buying, you know, with with silver in the $15, $14 range and and gold, you know, hovering around uh, high 1200s, low 1300s, right? I mean, that's missing out. What if you miss out during that time period? That's kind of the big downside to to timing the market. And and that's why I'm not a fan of it, because I don't want to miss out. Plus, There's some real upsides, I think, to dollar cost averaging that are a little bit less than obvious. So, dollar cost averaging, what are the pros to that? Well, you get to spread out the price. You get to spread out the price over a long time period. So, you know, maybe you started stacking when silver and gold, let's say silver was, you know, over $30 an ounce or gold was, you know, north of $1,500 an ounce. Well, if you've been stacking that long of of a time period and you've been dollar cost averaging, then your dollar cost average maybe, you know, for silver it might be below twenty bucks an ounce, right? Depending on how much you've accumulated over that time period. For gold, it could be below thirteen hundred, below fourteen hundred. Um, and, and it makes it not as as a as much of a mistake or whatever if you had bought at a higher price originally. Now unfortunately, you know, for that original purchases that you made back then, you're gonna have to wait a bit for silver and gold to move up before you can, you know, realize a a a um a gain on that, I guess, in, in fiat terms, if you were to, to sell that price. Uh, but as a whole, your dollar cost average and your average price per ounce can come down over a long time period. The other thing there is that you won't miss out if you are, you know, as opposed to here, trying to time the market. You can start buying now rather than Wait for it to hit a specific time, uh, specific price. Another upside to dollar cost averaging is that you know, for silver and gold, I think many people see it as a savings account. So you know, remember, remember back earlier, uh, I was talking about one of the cases in which you know time in the market might be appropriate is if you had a large amount of capital, a large savings account. Or, or a large amount in some sort of cash equivalent, low-yield uh, account money market. Or, or maybe uh, it's, it's in the stock market or the bond market or something. And if it gets low enough, you could go into the silver and gold markets. Well, I think a lot of people don't have that luxury. They have their, their long-term investments maybe tied up in something like a 401k or something like that. Uh, a pension maybe. And in the short term, they, they have trouble, you know, saving, right? And and so maybe they try cash if, if you're like me, you know, saving in cash or cash in the bank account isn't always the easiest and, and it's a lot of... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. easier to have some sort of, of uh, limited liquidity on, on your investment or on, on silver and gold, meaning that you can sell silver and gold, sure, at, at a good price, but it takes a bit of effort, takes a bit of time, and... You know, if you want to buy something uh, with it, it takes some serious choices as opposed to just swiping your card or paying in cash, going to the bank, etc. So I think silver and gold, I mean, I think they i have made this case in the past that they they're an excellent way to save money versus cash in the bank or or under your mattress. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'll link it in the description, the, the, the video that I put out regarding that, talking about how, you know, when you look at, at how they've performed over time versus the official inflation numbers, it's, it becomes pretty clear that silver and gold are, are not a bad option at all, especially in these low yield environments that we've had for the last 10 years. Now, the the final upside, the final pro that I want to talk about here in terms of dollar cost averaging is insurance. Many people would describe silver and gold as as a hedge, maybe an investment in in some capacity, um, some some way to preserve your wealth, preserve your wealth versus inflation, volatility. Many people would also use the term insurance. I want to talk about that a bit. Now, (laughs) I've heard some people say it it this way in the past. People get upset that silver and gold haven't gone up. But for me, silver and gold is just insurance. And when it comes to house insurance, I don't get upset that my house didn't burn down so I couldn't collect on my insurance. I don't get upset when it comes to car insurance when I don't crash my car and I can't collect insurance or use my insurance in that terms. Therefore, if silver and gold haven't gone up, well, that's not the end of the world. It's an insurance for me. Totally respectable uh, argument, I think, for some people. With that being said, I'd still like it to see it go up, uh, and and I think it will. Uh, But I think that insurance term, it is, I think, really important to understand. So so here's an example that I've used in the past. Let's say you buy a new car, $30,000. Let's say you buy a brand new car, and you put insurance on it. Now, most states, this isn't a perfect example because most states... In the U.S., maybe not. I think maybe all states require some level of insurance, liability insurance, or total insurance on the car, or yourself, etc. Not a perfect example, but if you went and bought that new car and you shelled out however much uh, on a monthly or, or biannually or annually basis, annual basis for insurance on that car, it's going to cost you a fair amount of money. I mean, it's one of the costs of car ownership. And let's say you get down, you know, five years down the line, and you've spent you know, thorough mo- dollar amount out there. Uh, ten thousand dollars on insurance over that time period, and a different person in a similar situation bought that car, didn't buy insurance on it over that time period, and neither of you have crashed your cars. And they come to you saying, "Why did you put insurance on your car? You've had it for five years. You didn't crash it. Clearly, you made the wrong decision." Now, for responsible car owners out there, that. Don't like having to potentially pay out hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical expenses and and etc. That wouldn't be covered by or that would be otherwise covered by insurance. You understand that insurance for a car makes sense. Now we can get into the semantics of of should it be required etc. But but it's not a bad idea, right? Even if you don't exercise that insurance, even if you never file a claim to your insurance company, that doesn't mean it's been a bad investment. It doesn't mean it's been a bad thing that you've had. In fact, I'd say that it's it's pretty reckless for that other person to have not had any level of insurance on their car during the time period because what if they do get into a major car accident? Well, A, their car might be totaled. B, whoever they hit, if they hit somebody else, their car might be totaled. Plus, you have medical expenses and and damages to um, you know uh, a signpost or or to the roadway or other expenses that they might be on the line for because their insurance isn't in place. And same 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 thing goes for silver and gold. Now, in retrospect, here in 2019, there will be people that say you shouldn't have bought silver and gold in 2013. Started buying back then. Look at what it's done since then. Right? It's either gone down in price or stayed steady. And and when it comes to to I mean, what why didn't you just wait until the end of 2018 when, when silver is 14 or below $14 an ounce and, and gold was, was under twelve hundred? Clearly you made the wrong decision. Not only could you have bought it at a lower price, but there's also the, the idea of opportunity cost that I explained earlier. But if we're treating it as an insurance idea, um I don't think that's the worst thing in the world that they had that insurance. Plus, all the other benefits, that you're spreading out price, you're not missing out, um, and that you have some form of savings. There is no guarantee that the world wasn't going to fall apart in 2013, just like there's no guarantee today. Now, in retrospect, it hasn't yet, for the most part. <laughs> Maybe it's a different story if you were you know, living in Venezuela or something like that over that time period. But for the most part, it hasn't. Doesn't mean it was a bad decision. Now, the final thing, and this kind of relates, I said insurance was a final one. I actually have one more. I talk about savings and how savings are a good idea. And and I think silver and gold are a good way to save money. Again, don't take this as financial advice. But I think there's also a benefit to somebody that has been stacking for a long period of time, many years. I'm not talking decades necessarily. I know some people are out there that have stacked for decades. Let's say, again, since 2013... And they've been able to accumulate silver and gold over that time period. Had they not been buying silver and gold, what would they have bought instead? Now, some maybe would have invested that in something else. Stocks, real estate, bonds, some sort of yielding cash equivalent. A, maybe they would have put in a savings. Um, you know, maybe they just would have spent it on a non-investment type of thing. Maybe they would have consumed more over that time period, whether we're talking about food, electronics, travel, vacations, uh, more expensive cars, etc., consumed more with that money in the time in, in that time span. Now in terms of silver and gold, that money's been tied up. They lose out in terms of opportunity cost. In terms of dollars, in terms of, of what the price is, well we've dealt with five plus years of inflation over that time period, and silver and gold have not done a whole lot. And so in that sense it's hard to defend that just from a pure crunch in the numbers perspective. But what about the more intangible idea that how large is their stack now? Like serious question. If they've been stacking for five years. I mean, let's put it this way. 10 ounces a month, 12 months in a year. That's 120 ounces a year. Uh, we're talking silver here. It could be gold too, but we'll start with silver. 120 ounces a year. We're talking five years here. Six years, depending on when we're talking, we'll say six years. Let's say this started, you know, in the beginning of 2013 or whatever. Six years. What's six times 120? That's 720 ounces that they accumulated during that time span. And and if they're still kind of on board with silver and gold, um, yeah, maybe they could have gone into the stock market. But that's been an excellent way for them to accumulate ounces that they otherwise. Yes, maybe would have invested, but maybe would have just consumed with. That would have been money down the toilet. Like, yeah, you get some temporary satisfaction. You get a new you know pair of, of headphones or a new you know smartphone instead of letting your other one last another year, or or you bought a new car instead of one that was a couple of years old. Okay, I get that. And and there's some benefit to that because there's nothing wrong with, with spending money at at some level for for you know enjoyment or, or something like that. But I think there's something to be said for the fact that they've been able to accumulate so many ounces over the long term. I mean, how, how many times have I seen comments that say, I just started stacking last month. I wish I would have started years ago. Maybe it's because they've been having trouble saving money. Maybe not, but either way, they wish they've been accumulating ounces over a long period of time. And I think that's that's kind of an intangible. It's not something that's going to make sense if you're just purely crunching the numbers. What makes sense for some is maybe dollar cost averaging. For others, if, if they're absolutely sure it's hitting a certain price target, a lower price target, then dollar cost or, or sorry, time in the market is for them. But you know, again, dollar cost averaging I think has a lot of benefits. I know this, like, how can you talk, Matt? How can you talk? For 17 minutes plus about dollar cost averaging versus timing the market, but I see this a lot, right? I saw this in the second half of 2018 when silver and gold are really getting hammered, and and yet people coming in here and saying ah, it's still too expensive. I'm waiting for silver to head to 10 bucks an ounce. Gold is going to go below a thousand, right? There's been some people out there that that I'm sure they already have a position in silver and or gold. Uh, but they've been talking about how eh, it's still too expensive in the second half of 2018, right? We still think it's gonna head below a thousand. We think it's I'm gonna I think it's gonna head below a, a certain amount. Well, what if it doesn't? It hasn't yet. And they may be missing out on, on adding to their position at you know 14 bucks an ounce for silver. You know, under twelve hundred for a time period there for 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 gold. Actually below fourteen there for a time period for silver. So I mean, each person can decide what they want to do with their money, but you know, silver and gold. I think many of us stack or stack because we we like to, on some level, play it safe. We want that. We want that hedge. We want that savings, etc. And you know, timing the market, unless you fall into the category of of trying to make take take a big opportunity, and it's sort of conditional because otherwise you already have a lot of silver and gold in the market or if you're a trader and you're just you know you're using some fiat account something like that okay maybe you're even just trading GLD and SLV in that case I don't know but for the vast majority of stackers dollar cost averaging it's a way to go I know how can you talk about this for so long but I have a lot in my mind regarding it, so I, I hope this has helped you. Whether you're a, a new stacker, a long time stacker, etc. Um, as always, if you have new ideas for for videos, podcasts, put them down below in the comment section. Shoot me an email at w 23 three matt at gmail I'd be more than happy to make a video on it if it's you know a decent idea. <laughs> you know, um, if you if you email me asking to to, to you know bring up uh, uh, I don't know aliens or 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 some conspiracy theory that maybe I'm not necessarily on board with, or I just is not super pertinent to my channel. I'm sorry, I might have to pass on that. But you know, I've had quite a few people uh, say, "Hey, make a video on this," and I'll be like, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Why haven't I thought of that?" So, as always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video or listening to this podcast, and God bless.